Putting up to it's important we look at the facts. Why? Why? Douglas Ross is sounding pretty scared. I believe in independence. And he clapped like a seal. Hello and welcome to the latest Planet Hollywood. I'm Paul Hutchin, the political editor of the Daily Record. Joining me this week are regulars Hannah Roger, who's the chief reporter of the Sunday Mail, and Douglas Dickey of the Scottish Daily Express. So I thought um, this morning that the first item we would discuss is a look back at the Labour conference in Liverpool, but uh, a major story broke, um, which has kind of gazumped that. That is, of course, the defection of Lisa Cameron from the SNP to the Tories at Westminster. So she's now Tory MP. Um, not exactly great news for Hamza Youssef a couple of days before his conference starts in Aberdeen, but I think that one of the um, themes of Hamza's leadership has been pretty unlucky with timing. I think that it was at Holyrood when he was given a major speech, Colin Beattie was arrested as part of Operation Branch Form. So I think this is probably another example of him just not being able to catch a break. Um, Hannah, let's start with you. You used to be the Westminster editor at the Herald. I would imagine that you've had a number of dealings with Lisa Cameron. What did you make of this defection? Well, you know, regardless of any dealings with Lisa Cameron or not, I think it's absolutely mental. I mean, it's, you know, not... If you think about Lisa Cameron as a person, it's maybe not that surprising, but just it's completely unprecedented. We've never had this situation before where we've had an SNP... I don't think we've had an SNP no, to the Tories because, you know... One of the things I'm quite interested in is how she squares such opposing views on the Constitution. You know, I guess that's why we don't see these defections happen. We don't see Tories go to the SNP and vice versa, because they are so opposed to, you know, on the constitutional issue that it will be interesting to see how she, you know, squares that personally and also, I guess, to her own constituents. Um, I think that if we do look at Lisa Cameron as an individual, I think it's been quite clear for some time that she's not been particularly happy in the SNP. I think, you know, from, from speaking to contacts and things over the past couple of years, but obviously today because this has happened, um, you know, there, there was this sense that she was a bit of a sort of outlier. She didn't seem to have that many close friends within the party down in Westminster. Um, and I think that that's been quite challenging. She's obviously heavily involved in um, APPG. So that's for those who don't know, it's all par party parliamentary groups. Um, she's on on a large number of them so obviously she's kind of thrown herself into that uh, possibly because she's sort of been I guess shunned by her own party but you know in terms of of why she doesn't have these sort of connections within the party or why they've kind of taken this stance you know she's said that she's been bullied because of her defense of the victim involved in the Patrick Grady case but from my understanding this kind of treatment of her has been going on since before that happened. So, you know, I'm not sure what it is about her, maybe personally or 
or whatever that she's maybe just not not really got on very well in the SNP. Um, I, I just think that this is this is a personal thing rather than so much a political thing. She doesn't get on work colleagues. She's clearly been close to the Tories for a long time. On domestic issues, she's centre-right rather than centre-left. But mm -hmm. as you say, Hannah, on the Constitution, and is the argument now that she used to believe in independence but doesn't now? Or is she like a pro-independent Scottish Tory? Just yeah, I think that's what she needs to, you know, explain. Because, um, yeah, it'll be quite interesting. But, I mean, it's, I'm also fascinated as to how this came about because speaking to some, again, some contacts within the Tories this morning, they didn't know. No. So, you know, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it's kind of all being pushed as, oh, this was Rishi Sunak's whole thing and, you know, it's a coup for Rishi and stuff. I, I think Rishi Sunak's got enough going on, you know, without trying to convince Lisa Cameron to join the Tories, but you never know. Um, Douglas Roth operation. That's my, that's my take. Well, that's if it was Douglas Ross, he's not getting the credit for it. It's all, it's all been Rishi's great. Wow. Plan apparently. So um, Douglas, um, a rare bit of good news for the Scottish Tories. If you want to look at it from that perspective, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's good news for the Scottish Tories. I think it's good news for Scottish Labour. Um, it's allowing them to uh, bring back the, the you know that tar that tartan Tory attack line towards the SNP. Um, it's funny what you said before, Paul, about whom's the use of not being able to catch a break. I don't think he could buy good luck at the moment, but the Colin Beatty thing was. Um, was very much, uh, you know, out of the blue and, and, you know, not within anyone's control, really, apart from his police Scotland. But I don't think there's any doubt that Lisa Cameron has timed this um, to inflict maximum damage on on Humza Yusuf and on the SNP. Um, I mean, two days before the party conference, it, 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 you know, from a kind of... Uh, onlooker, uh, you know, from a title that's obviously not not a massive fan of the SNP, it's, it's just quite funny, you know. It, it, it's like she couldn't really have done anything else more damaging. I, I think even calling a by-election wouldn't have been as, as, as damaging oh. as that. I know that's something that she'd threaten to do if she was deselected, and obviously that decision's been made, uh, I believe, today. Uh, I, I think the word is that she's not going to seek re-election um, from a Tory point of view they've got her on the bench now for a year maybe <laughs> you know what is her views on independence I think she said that she's uh, realised that we're better off finding um, you know solutions together uh, I couldn't agree more Lisa whether she actually believes that or not I don't know but um, I, I mean it's just such you know like Hannah said it's just mental but and, and, and incredibly watch, uh, watchable. I feel as though we're watching a car crash within the SNP right now, and you know people can't just can't take their, uh, their eyes off it. You do make a good point, uh, Dougie, about the selection contest that she was currently in the middle of. I think the the result is tonight. I think it's clear she was going to lose that. So effectively, she was going to be deselected. Um, Grant Costello was going to win. 
So I don't think we can downplay the fact that she's maybe trying to save face as well, because um, being deselected would be an utter humiliation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think I, I think a bit of A, a bit of B, you know, a bit of column A, a bit of column B here. She wants to inflict maximum damage, and also she doesn't want to go through the humiliation of being deselected. At the same time, I've seen, you know, SNP sources suggesting, oh, you know, this has been on the on the cards for a while, you, you know, we're not surprised, good riddance. I mean, I, I think there's a bit of tub polishing going on here. They, they, they were quite happy for her to run on an SNP ticket three times before. I know, obviously, uh, 2017, 2019, they'll claim that the, you know, snap election meant that they didn't have time to select a new a new candidate, but uh, you know, I'm not just buying that. I think I think they're trying to save face, um, and I think I think Mr. Cameron's trying to save face, and I think the SNP are trying to save face. But she's she's definitely going to be the one who's uh, happier with her with her day's work. I think. Mm. Anna, um, what do you think people are going to be talking about at this week's SNP conference? Lisa Cameron. <laughs> um, I think. You know, as much as they won't admit it, they will not admit that this is what they're going to be talking about, but it is what they're going to be talking about. Um, I think that they'll be, you know, talking about the amount of money that Nicola Sturgeon's being paid for her book, which is quite a juicy sum. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think they will be talking about, what else would they be talking about? Maybe the finance investigation, although they don't really seem to want to talk about that in the moment. Well, actually, um, I think the the independent strategy debate is on the Sunday. So I had a story up about an hour ago. So I think last month, Stephen Flynn and Hamza um, published a motion which said that if they won most seats at the general election, then that would be enough to open indie talks. So my story is that they would be changing that to majority of seats, which given there's going to be 57 seats at the next election, that would mean 29 seats. I mean, is anyone going to buy this, Hannah? Does anyone really think that winning 29 seats is going to lead to independence talks? Um, absolutely not. But also, independence talks with who? Because, like, the Tories are not, they're not going to talk back. They're just no. going to ignore them. And Labour... You know, if they continue the way they're going just now, they'll have absolutely no need. They won't need the SNP. Um, I mean, obviously, we've had the by-election and then a few kind of... Um, I know it's a by-election, so you can't really expand it out to be an indicator of the general election. But if you did, it, you know, the SNP are going to be in for a bit of a rude awakening. Um, and then we had what else? The was it the Times poll recently talking about um, Anas? Was it Anas could be the first minister? Yeah. I made that up. <laughs> um, no, no, that is on course. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like all these things that Labour has. I don't think Labour's got really an incentive or a need to have discussion with the SNP. So uh, you know, and also they would have fewer MPs than they have now, and yet they think that that's a mandate to start talking about independence. I mean, the whole thing's just a bit of a mess, um, to be honest. Yeah, but, you know, like 29 MPs just show up at Downing Street and they're not allowed in. Yeah, well, 
I think, Paul, while we're, while we're talking about saving face, I think there's a wee bit of saving face in this as well. He, 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 he knows they're, going to, they're not going to get anywhere near 50% of the vote, which was obviously Sturgeon's first mm. plan. So he set up a plan that they might, you know, possibly win. It's it, it's achievable. And then when, as Hannah said, uh, whoever's in number 10 says, nope, they can keep their, you know, they can blame the UK government, the big bag, the, the big bad bogeyman at Westminster and uh, just, you know, turn into their supporters and say, well, we've tried again. It, it, it's funny what you're saying that, you know, asking what they're, what they're going to be talking about at the conference. I can tell you what they're not going to be talking about because I had a look through the motions this morning and um, two of the biggest issues for people, for voters right now are the economy and the cost of living crisis. There'll be zero mentions of the economy in the motions, and there's only three of the cost of living crisis, five on the NHS, three housing, one on immigration, one on climate change, 44 on independence. So we know what they're going to be talking about. Uh, but obviously, you, you know, maybe that's what Humza Yusuf and co will be talking about on stage. But behind the scenes, it's going to be, you know, Lisa Cameron's defection, the absolute disaster in Rutherland. Um, mm. Let's let's just go through the different sort of strats. So Plan A was a joint agreement on a referendum, dead. Plan B was Holyrood going it alone. Supreme Court killed that. Plan C was Sturgeon's de facto referendum. That's dead. Plan D was most seats. That seems to be dead now. So I think we're on Plan E, which is majority of seats. I mean... We're actually we're literally going through the alphabet on this. You know how I long? Can't wait we're plan Z. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. To be fair, I am looking forward to this conference. I think it will be a, a good one. I mean, we've got the independent strategy on Sunday. I think we've got Hamza's speech maybe Tuesday. So mm. I don't think it's going to be the usual stage managed party conference. I think that there will be a vigorous debate on these things, and we'll see splits and rows. But again, Hannah. You know, just get the impression that Humza's on the downslope here. I think, you know, I, I, no, I don't think so, actually. I think that he's not, not never really been on the upslope, if that's the right way to put it. You know, as you said, he's had, he's had an absolute shiter, if I can say that, of a time since he became First Minister. He's not had one thing that's gone right. I mean, it's just been a disaster. And I think, unfortunately, he has struggled to kind of find his footing and, and get, you know, and make progress. It just seems like every time there's a big announcement or, you know, um, like this with the, the first party conference, he's he's got, he's just given a massive uh, turd to deal with, basically. Do you, so, do you think that, I mean, like we're kind of, teasing the strategies but they, they you know in order to keep their core vote and their independence base sweet mm. they do have to have some sort of strategy they just let it drift and try to kick it into the next Hollywood election i just don't think they'd probably lose even more votes wouldn't they dougie i think so yeah um they've got to keep that core you know how much that core is <sighs> It's kind of difficult to tell, but I don't think their core vote is forty-five percent, which is you know what they've polled in previous elections. But you know these people are drifting away now. A lot of the ones who were maybe swept, 
swept up in the emotional tide of 2014. And then obviously with Brexit, we had um, uh, the pandemic. But, you know, things are getting a bit back to normal. So they've got, you know, they've got to hold on to those core voters. The problem is, obviously, is this, you know, this is a party of government here. And it sometimes feels like they're running the government as if it's their own kind of private fiefdom. And, you know, what SNP policy, it, 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 it just becomes the de facto government policy, regardless of whether it's devolved or, or, or uh, you know, reserved. But I think, I think a few, quite a few independent supporters uh, who don't support the SNP actually claim that the SNP haven't been speaking about independence enough. Uh, and that's why they that's why they lost in Rutherland. So I, I don't I don't agree with that. I, I don't think that is why they lost in Rutherland. I think people want to see change. Mm -hmm. um, but you know maybe that's why he's so keen I, 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 again to be seen to have some some sort of plan, any plan, even if that plan is you know complete complete and utter nonsense. Well, yeah, you also have to remember that you've you've got Alex Salmon's Alba party every single day hammering on about independence and you know whether you like Alex Salmond or not he has been the leader of a party at a time where they came the closest to to getting independence at least achieving a referendum and you know I think that that's another aspect of it they, they have to have a really strong some sort of strong plan for achieving independence because otherwise those real staunch voters who just care about independence you know there's nothing to stop them from going to to alba you know so it's i'm gonna ask you about that hannah do you i mean obviously alba have crashed and burned in elections but do you think that it's fertile ground for them just now to make some I, sort of breakthrough i do i i do honestly think that because as we've said you know the snp there's a lot of, you know, obviously domestic issues that our people are unhappy about and they're not being tackled. Then we've had these various scandals, NHS, ferries, cost of living crisis, and then we've had internal uh, individual scandals within the SNP. Um, and I think, you know, now because they don't have this sort of concrete they don't seem to have we're on what is it what did you say plan f now in terms of achieving independence i think yeah. that you know they risk not being seen as uh, as credible on that which is their core sort of issue um and i think alba are actually you know they're not doing too badly in terms of making inroads in that aspect now whether that translates at the ballot box i don't know but I think that they've probably got a better shot at the next general election and then the next Holyrood elections um, than they've had, obviously, any time in the past. I reckon the best thing Alba could do is ditch Salmond or Salmond to make way for someone else. I think he's the obstacle to Alba's success rather than um, their pitch to the electorate. I think that they would have an appeal to an impatient wing of the independence movement, but I just, I think that uh, if you look at Salmon's poll ratings, he's had a difficult few years. Um, that's clearly taken its toll on his uh, reputation. And so maybe um, a fresh face might do Alaba some good. Um, but, Got any uh, suggestions, Paul? Mm, no one springs to mind. Uh, but, uh, you know, 
Was she Cameron, perhaps? Well, I think she's um, she's now a big pro-unionist. Yeah, um, so, I mean, I don't think she would fit the bill. Welcome aboard, Lisa. Yeah. So let, let's let's turn our attention to the thing I wanted to do to talk about at the beginning of the show: Labour conference. I was there for the duration in Liverpool. It was um, um, how can I describe it? A boozy affair, um, certainly mm. in the evenings. I think that Labour will be delighted with um, how it went. Um, Starmer's speech was pretty well received. I don't think I've ever covered a Labour conference where the party's been so united and disciplined. Um, but before I come to the content, Hannah, what did you make of the, the glitter bomb um, incident at the beginning? Which, let's face it, could have been a lot more serious. Yeah, well, uh, it definitely could be a lot more serious, I think, first thing he should do is hire better security guards. I mean, that that guy was up there for ages clinging on to him. Um, but apart from that, I absolutely loved it because I love glitter. <laughs> and I, I just thought it was quite, you know, I would, well, I would, I would rather be covered in paint than glitter. I think it would be better getting dump paint over his suit. He'll be picking that out his hair for weeks. Oh, I know, like getting glitter off yourself oh, is a nightmare. His dry cleaner must be rubbing his hands with glee. Yeah, but I do think that actually that worked in, that was hugely beneficial for Labour because, you know, they can say that, because it was somebody from Just Stop Oil, wasn't it? I think his message was something like update politics. Yeah, he I mean, was. Yeah, it, what the things he was shouting didn't quite. But I, if he is from the Just Stop Oil, you know, we've had the Tories kind of harping on about how Labour are in support of these lefty maniacs, and you know, of course, if they're protesting at Labour conference, then quite clearly they've got an issue with Labour as well. So it gives him a chance to completely like distance himself from that. I also thought his little sort of segue saying, oh, we're the party of power, not protest. And this is why mm -hmm. we're, you know, I thought that was like very well done. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was quite nice to see little sparkly bits every time he moved when he was talking. So yeah, that was great. Douglas, obviously the Express is uh, more inclined towards the Conservatives than Labour, but do you accept that Starmer in this speech, he looked and sounded like a PM in waiting? I think he um, certainly exuded confidence. I, I, I'm not a massive fan of party conference speeches. They're, they're often quite light in detail, and I think this one was kind of no different. Um, but he's certainly cutting a confident figure, maybe more confident than he's been in the past. Um, it's, it's very hard to see anything other than a Labour victory at the next uh, general election, although I noticed that they didn't. They didn't introduce him as uh, our, our, our next Prime Minister. I think they're trying to guard against a bit of triumphalism there. And obviously, mm -hmm. we've all been there before with Labour. Um, so, so, yeah, I think I, I think the big question that, that came out for me after it is, you know, what does this mean for the man on the street? You know, tax plans. He was, you know, quite light on his kind of tax plans. I know he spoke about the tax on... Uh, the private schools and, and, and uh, taxing on um, non-doms and, um, and whatnot, but for us in the street, you know what, what you know, what is a Labour government going to going to mean for the average man, but um, or woman, sorry, but uh, 
all in all, I think I think he'll be sitting there absolutely delighted with how it went. Um, my colleague, I, still, I, I still think they're a bit policy light. Yeah, um, yeah, 100%. I think I've said before on here, I, I, I still feel Labour are a bit too much right now relying on what they're not rather than what they are. Of course, you don't you don't interrupt your enemy when they're making a mistake. And the mm. SNP here are, are, are making mistakes every day and the Tories down south are, are also making mistakes. So the big thing for me as well is he obviously sees Scotland as the key battleground. Uh, I think Anna Starwar and uh, Michael Shanks were the only two politicians he actually mentioned by name in his speech. So it shows how much of a, a, a focus uh, they're going to have on on uh, Scotland during during the election. And then I guess the the challenge there is to see how a, a you know a Westminster government. A, a, a Labour government at Westminster will, will you, you know, benefit people in Scotland and, and, and whether that can, you know, from a Labour point of view, can that pave the way for a Labour government at, at Holyrood? Yeah, well, Hannah, I think that's, this is a really big one. So, you know, next year we've got the general election, 2024, we've got the Holyrood election in 2026. I think the key issue is what impact will a Keir Starmer victory have on an Asarwar's chances of, of becoming first minister and I guess it all depends on how successful Starmer is so if he has a, a nightmare two years it's going to be difficult for an ass but if he manages to front load quite popular bold policies into the first two years it, it will be sort of springboard for an ass is that how you see it I mean yeah you've just said everything that I would have said basically I mean you know we put it like this, as long as he doesn't have a Hamza year, then it should be all right. But essentially, you know, you don't want, if Labour do get in, you don't want Keir Starmer to do anything that's going to, you know, ruin the chances for an ass. And unfortunately, because, you know, being the party of government in Westminster, being the prime minister, it's such a high profile job, it's, it would be quite easy for him to do something that, that scuppers Labour in Scotland. But I suppose, you know, it's just a sort of delicate uh, dance that you have to do. And I think that would probably help, you know, there, there'll be a lot more communication and things like that, I, I presume, around policies and about announcements and things with Scotland in order, you know, to stop any sort of awkward moments or unwanted questions or whatever that are going to catch an ass off guard. But... You know, that's not to say that everything will be sort of smooth sailing, but yeah, as long as he doesn't have a Hamza, it should be okay. My prediction that they'll probably announce the abolition of the two chill cap two months before the Hollywood election campaign, something like that. Not that really? Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, oh, we'll find the money. We'll poverty. find the money. Using child poverty well, as a. It's an SNP trick with some money down the down the side of the couch after all. Yeah. All right, um, let's wrap it up. Good week, bad week, Hannah. Certain were you? Uh, good week is Keir Starmer for his glittering performance at conference. Uh, I'm sure Doogie will not be surprised that I'm picking somebody who's Labour. And bad week, I would say, is. Unfortunately, going to be Douglas Ross because he now, has, <laughs> he now has to deal with the, well, I guess the nightmare of 
having an SNP MP who's now a Tory MP and he's going to be fielding a lot of questions about that. And, you know, if there's any issues with that specific MP or not, we will see. But that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Dougie, how about you? Yeah, for um, well, uh, and Hannah, I'm not, I'm not surprised in the least that you've picked your family <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week. But you, you, you know what? That's absolutely fine. Kiel's, uh, Sir Kiel's had a good week. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, but I've, I've went for Lisa Cameron, who, uh, apart from anything else, given, given me a massive laugh this morning. Uh, I think she has inflicted maximum damage on Humza Yusuf and the SNP, which, as I said earlier, I suspect was was her uh, plan all the time. Uh, she's avoided the humiliation of being deselected, um, and she, uh, you know, rumours about maybe maybe a wee trip to the House of Lords after this. Who knows? I've uh, I've seen that. Uh, maybe maybe. Yeah, suggest- we didn't get a chance to talk about that. Actually, we can uh, save but, that for another but, um, time. I think uh, I think she'll be sitting tonight uh, with her feet up and a glass of wine, the good doctor, and having a a a, 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 wee, a wee smile to herself. I think she'll be quite happy with her with her day's work. Mm. Uh, for bad week, uh, I've went for the Scottish Greens. Um, obviously, I'm not going to get into the geopolitical situation in the Middle East, but I think um, you know Maggie Chapman and Ross Greer have rightly been heavily criticised for their initial response to the Hamas attack on Israel. Um, I, I mean, I, I, there's not much more to say about it. It was, it was really despicable, um, the way they came out with that. I think the Greens have cemented themselves as, you know, the real nasty party of Scottish politics. Uh, I think you know, it shows us, do you not think it just shows a bit of naivety as well? Like, you know, regardless of your own opinions on one side or the other, like this is people have been... I mean, if you can't say anything nice, don't say it at all. She shouldn't have said anything at all about mm. it if you felt that strongly about it. I know I know they've come out and and, and, and kind of clarified their comments, but, uh, you know, that's two or three days later. MD, MD can do that. I, I think it's been a miserable week for them, and I don't think people will, will forget that. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Hannah. Thanks, Dougie. Um, think that uh, we'll have another one on Thursday, next Thursday, in the aftermath of the SNP conference. Uh, I'm sure that will provide us with much to talk about. So, Hannah's, uh, Hannah's good week will still be Keir Starmer, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is every week, uh, but that's uh, fine. Might be an um, ass, it's fine. It'll it make could be, it could be. I it's just that. ultimate uh, an ass. Maybe Jackie fear. Bailey, who knows? <laughs> she always has a good week, to be fair. Yeah, she does. All right. um, Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode and uh, please tune in again next week. It's important we look at the facts. Why? Why? Douglas Ross is sounding pretty scared. I believe in independence. And he clapped like a seal. (laughs) 